sweet summer buds part two from the flowers of shakespeare this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the flowers of shakespeare by esther singleton pomegranate and myrtle the pomegranate punica is a regal flower its burning beauty appeals to every one who loves color for the scarlet of the pomegranate has a depth and a quality that is all its own the crinkled silken petals rising from a thick red calyx and set off by bright green leaves of wondrous glossy lustre and prickly thorns delight those who love beauty moreover there is something luscious and strange about the pomegranate that makes us think of oriental queens and the splendors of babylon and persia ancient egypt and carthage it is a flower that dido might have worn in her hair or semiramis in garlands around her neck shakespeare knew perfectly well what he was doing when he placed a pomegranate beneath juliet's window amid those leaves and flowers the nightingale sang so beautifully the pomegranate was exactly the flower to typify the glowing passion of the youthful lovers there are two kinds of pomegranate trees writes parkinson the one tame or manured bearing fruit the other wild which beareth no fruit because it beareth double flowers like as the cherry apple and peach tree with double blossoms the wild pomegranate Bolustium maeus sive malus punica is like unto the tame in the number of purplish branches having thorns and shining fair green leaves somewhat larger than the former from the branches likewise shoot forth flowers far more beautiful than those of the tame or manured sort because they are double and as large as a double province rose or rather more double of an excellent bright crimson color tending to a silken carnation standing in brownish cups or husks divided at the brims usually into four or five several points like unto the former but that in this kind there never followeth any fruit no not in the country where it is naturally wild the wild i think was never seen in england before john tradescant my very loving good friend brought it from the parts beyond the seas and planted it in his lord's garden at canterbury the rind of the pomegranate is used to make the best sort of writing ink which is durable to the world's end the pomegranate was from the dawn of history a favorite with eastern peoples it is represented in ancient assyrian and egyptian sculpture and had a religious significance in connection with several oriental cults the tree was abundant in ancient egypt and the fruit was such a favorite of the israelites that one complaint against the desert into which moses led them was the charge that it was no place of pomegranates and moses had to soothe the malcontents by promising that the pomegranate would be among the delights of canaan a land of wheat and barley vines and fig trees and pomegranates a land of olive oil and honey the pomegranate was one of the commonest fruits of canaan and several places were named after it rimmon the jews employed the pomegranate in their religious ceremonies on the hem of aaron's sacred robe pomegranates were embroidered in blue and purple and scarlet alternating with golden bells 
an adornment that was copied from the ancient kings of persia the pomegranate was also carved on the capitals of the pillars of the temple of jerusalem solomon said to his bride i will cause thee to drink of spiced wine of the juice of my pomegranates there is a tradition that the pomegranate was the fruit of the tree of life and that it was the pomegranate that eve gave to adam the romans called it the carthaginian apple the pomegranate abounded in carthage and derives its botanical name punica from this place pliny says that the pomegranate came to rome from carthage but its original home was probably persia or babylon it was early introduced into southern europe and was taken to spain from africa granada took its name from the fruits in the arms of the province display a split pomegranate around genoa and nice there are whole hedges of it rising to the height sometimes of twenty feet it was introduced into england in henry the eighth's time carried there among others by catherine of aragon who used it for her device gerard grew pomegranates in his garden many legends are connected with the pomegranate not the least being that of Perserpine. when the distracted circe found her daughter had been carried off by pluto she begged jupiter to restore her jupiter replied that he would do so if she had eaten nothing in the realms of the underworld unfortunately pluto had given her a pomegranate and Perserpine had eaten some of the seeds she could not return the sorrow of Circe was so great that a compromise was made and the beautiful maiden thereafter spent six months in the underworld with her husband and six months with her mother above ground a beautiful story of the life of the seed in nearly all the legends of the east in which the word apple is mentioned it is the pomegranate that is intended it is said to have been the fruit presented by paris to venus and it is always associated with love and marriage in christian art the pomegranate is depicted as bursting open and showing the seeds this is interpreted as both a promise and an emblem of hope and immortality st catherine the mystical bride of christ is sometimes represented with a pomegranate in her hand the infant saviour is also often represented as holding the fruit and offering it to the virgin botticelli's madonna of the melagrana is a famous example there is also a legend that because the pomegranate was planted on the grave of king etiocles the fruit has exuded blood ever since the number of seeds has caused it to become the symbol of fecundity generation and wealth myrtle myrtus latifolia was looked upon in shakespeare's time as a delicate and refined rarity emblem of charming beauty and denoting peacefulness plenty repose and love shakespeare makes venus and adonis meet under a myrtle shade he speaks of the soft myrtle in measure for measure and he alludes to the moon dew on the myrtle leaf which is as delicate a suggestion of the evening perfume as the morning roses newly washed with dew is of the scents at dawn we nourish myrtles with great care says parkinson for the beautiful aspect sweet scent and rarity as delights and ornaments for a garden of pleasure wherein nothing should be wanting that art care and cost might produce and preserve the broad-leafed myrtle riseth up to the height of four or five foot at the most with us full of branches and leaves growing like a small bush 
the stem and elder branches whereof are covered with a dark-colored bark but the young with a green and some with a red especially upon the first shooting forth whereon are set many fresh green leaves very sweet in smell and very pleasant to behold so near resembling the leaves of the pomegranate tree that groweth with us that they soon deceive many that they are not expert therein being somewhat broad and long and pointed at the ends abiding always green at the joints of the branches where the leaves stand come forth the flowers upon small footstalks every one by itself consisting of five small white leaves with white threads in the middle smelling also very sweet according to the greeks myrtle was a priestess of venus and an especial favorite of the goddess who wishing to preserve her from a too ardent suitor turned her into this plant which continues odorous and green throughout the year having the virtue of creating and preserving love and being consecrated to venus the myrtle was symbolic of love consequently it was used for the wreaths of brides as the orange blossom is to-day venus wore a wreath of myrtle when paris awarded her the golden apple for beauty perhaps in memory of the day when she sprang from the foam of the sea and wafted ashore by zephyrus was crowned with myrtle by the morning hours myrtle was always planted around the temples dedicated to venus rapin writes when once as fame reports the queen of love in ida's valley raised a myrtle grove young wanton cupids danced a summer's night round the sweet place by cynthia's silver light venus this charming green alone prefers and this of all the verdant kind is hers hence the bride's brow with myrtle wreath is graced hence in elysian fields are myrtles said to favor lovers with their friendly shade there phedra procris ancient poets fain and eraphile still of love complain whose unextinguished flames in after death remain the romans always displayed myrtle lavishly at weddings feasts and on all days celebrating victories with the hebrews the myrtle was the symbol of peace and among many oriental races there is a tradition that adam brought a slip of myrtle from the garden of eden because he considered it the choicest of fragrant flowers the myrtle was early loved in england in one of the old roxburgh ballads of the fifteenth century a lover presses his suit by promising and i will make the beds of roses and a thousand fragrant posies a cap of flowers and a kirtle embroidered with leaves of myrtle in those days and long afterward there was a saying that if you want to be sure of your myrtle taking root then you must spread out your dress grandly and look proud when you are planting your slip we can imagine one of the fifteenth-century ladies spreading her voluminous and flowing robes with majestic grace and holding her head adorned with the tall pointed cap or hennen with veil fluttering from its peak as she planted the little flower in her tiny walled garden of delight there is a saying too that one must never pass a sweet myrtle bush without picking a spray the flowering myrtle is considered the luckiest of all plants to have in the window but it must be watered every day End of pomegranate and myrtle